Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! I know the human being and science can coexist peacefully. This was now finding. Do you experience digital eye strain from too much blue light exposure from digital screens? Baxter blue glasses are not your average frames. These blue light lenses filter 80% of the highest energy blue light, eliminating 99% of glare. The past year, we have all been glued to our devices more than ever. And, you know, for this show, I end up having to do a lot of research and read a lot of articles online. I mean, staring at my screen for hours and hours as I write up the show notes and everything. Our exposure to digital light has soared, and our eyes and our sleep are suffering as a result. Baxter Blue is also a force for good, and provides a pair of reading glasses for someone in need for every pair sold. This is eyewear built for our digital age. And Baxter Blue is giving our listeners 10% off your next purchase of blue light, sleep, or kids' glasses. Click the link in our show notes for your exclusive discount. This is the sign you've been waiting for to invest in blue light glasses. We know you will love your Baxters, and we know that you will feel the difference. So guys, I'm Nathan. I'm Sean. And this is Petri Dish. We're on our part two of Hot Hot Heat, ready for the summer, woo-woo, going to Costa Rica, spiciness. Yeah, there was a thing, was it last summer or the summer before, that was like hot girl summer or something like that? No, I don't know what that is. Stacey, was that a thing? Or I don't something. know. It was, it was like a... I, no, we don't... What are you talking about? It was like a It was like a whole... Th- you know, it was on Twitter, it was on Instagram, it was on TikTok. It was like hot girl summer or something. What does it mean, though? It's like, this is the summer where hot girls finally get attention paid to them. Oh. <laughs> no, it... it Wait was... a minute. <laughs> God damn! I can't believe you guys totally missed out on Hot Girl Summer. Yeah, Nathan, you were a natural I think part you, of that. You missed out on Hot Girl Summer. Shot. <laughs> well, I'm just bringing it up because this summer, for some reason, someone was like, "Oh, it's White Boy Summer." And wow! It was a very strange phenomenon because people were like, "Why would it ever be White Boy Summer?" Is it every summer White Boy Summer? Depends on kind of how you're looking at things. Given my tastes and proclivities, it is. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, anyway, guys, so we're doing part two of spiciness. We talked everything about like the chemical compound most famously causes spiciness. Mm-hmm. Capsicumo. Well, you say it. Yeah, capsaicin. Yeah. But what we're going to learn in this episode is that there's a lot of other molecules, actually, a lot of other chemical compounds that I think also cause similar, although distinct, sensations. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And also, you know, this is a medical podcast, so we like to give practical advice. No. Uh, there's always a lot of controversy, a lot of debate, a lot of old wives' tales about how to deal with spiciness. Mm-hmm. But using, again, this pod, pod loves science. All right, we use a lot of science on this pod. Yes. All right, this pod originally was science and magic. But I wasn't, I wasn't pulling my weight. I know. <laughs> Kept waiting for you to write an episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The first episode was going to be science and cats. <laughs> the magic of musical, and it didn't work. So, so, you know, we like science on this pod. How does science definitively, what is the definitive scientific solution to have a hot mouth? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Very exciting. I read some papers on it. It was was a pretty interesting time. Woo! All right. So let's go ahead and get into this thing.
you know Hot Girl Summer. We grew up in Manhattan Beach. It was supposed know? to be like a certain kind of vibe. It was like, it was like, like all girls. <laughs> this is, this is your time. You're hot. You know what I mean? Just yeah. by being a girl. Don't oh, worry about it. Oh, so it's kind of like a Lizzo like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like exactly like that. Or something. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that's like the hot girl summer vibe. I feel like that's all undercut just by you saying it though, right? <laughs> like, well, it's in the past. Hearing you it know from I mean? you. It's, it's over now. You understand? Like, like from you, it's like very lecherous. It's like, it's a hot girl summer. <laughs> oh, and the women just get to be hot in public. No. <laughs> Sounds I, like I, girls I, gone wild to no, me. No, I have a very asexual affect. No, you So don't. people are like, that guy. Don't so worry about it. So we were walking down the street today. And just heads were turning at Sean. That's not accurate. Oh my God, dude. There's three blonde biddies that I saw on a bicycle um, when I was parking. You weren't there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I heard them talking. They're like, have you seen this half Asian dude named Sean, bro? <laughs> like, like, you're popping off, dude. Uh, that's great. Okay, well, anyway. So, I mean, all this speaks to spiciness, right? Yes. Sean's a spicy guy. Wow. <laughs> you know, and let's say I have a mouthful of Sean. How are you going to get that Sean out of your mouth? <laughs> Holy shit. Well, yeah. Do you drink milk? No, but here, okay, okay. He's got milk. <laughs> at, the, at the very core uh, of all of this nonsense is what we are currently trying to talk about, which is sometimes you eat something spicy and it's burning too hot and you want to get that flavor out of your mouth, okay? Right. And so what can you do, okay? Yeah. Because I've heard people say... Milk like, is the one I always hear. Right, I hear milk a lot, but then I also hear people like, oh, I need a cold beer or yeah. something like that. So experiments, we're done. Using sugar water, whole milk, skim milk, beer, both regular and alcohol-free. Yeah. And then cold water and tepid water. Mm. Okay. And one of the things that it found was, first of all, no liquid actually worked at completely removing spiciness. Right. Now, on some level, the problem here is that once your receptors are firing off, you don't actually need the capsicum to be there anymore. Right. <laughs> Like, like physically clearing the capsicum is not going to stop the receptor now. So that is an interesting story, which I'll get into more detail in a second. But <laughs> Is it wrong? I thought I read the notes right. It's a little bit more complicated, and in that complication is something kind of interesting. So oh. they found cold liquids worked better than lukewarm liquids. Yeah. Okay. And all of those were, you know, they could work in temporarily relieving the spiciness, although sometimes there was a rebound, mm. right? So like after you drink cold water and it's still spicy, sometimes you feel that spiciness numb and then come back right oh, okay cool so that was something that they experimentally saw one of the things is that capsaicin is pretty hydrophobic yeah it is very soluble in ethanol in okay. alcohol okay okay which is why the idea of like oh maybe if you drink some alcohol that can help it does not help it really does as far as we can tell yeah first of all there's the thing we talked about at the end of the last episode which is that alcohol kind of sensitizes that receptor right so that's not great and then um, another potential reason is it lowers your inhibitions, so you just keep eating spicy food till you vomit. Because <laughs> you're wasted. Yeah. Um, no, so the thing I was going to say, you think it's probably true. Yeah, I think probably. that's accurate. Yeah, that's but right. capsaicin activates these receptors in a spot. Like the spot where it binds is actually not on the outer surface of your cell. Like these receptors are hanging out there. But the place where capsaicin actually binds, it has to go into your lipid membrane. Okay. It like dives in and then binds a spot within the lipid membrane. Yeah. So, so speaking to my half truths earlier, you, you drink a little bit of a liquid. It's not like it's going to just suddenly brush off all the capsaicin. Right. Exactly. It's in there now. The concept of like, oh, capsaicin's bound on the surface. So if you just wash it enough, you'll wash it away. Right. That's not where it is. It's just not happening. It's fucking in your cell membrane. It's not getting washed out. It's right. just going to hang out for a while. 
Damn. And so there's pretty much nothing that we can do that really seems to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. So that's why, like, for example, people have found that milk seems to help, right? And so one of the thoughts is that milk has... Uh, these nanoparticles. We talked about this right uh, in our sort of the the cheese episode that had a big thing about milk. Right. It has these na- fat nanoparticles, and since capsaicin is hydrophobic, maybe the thought was, oh, it'll like bind into the fat molecules, and the right. fat molecules will carry it away. Right. That's still probably not very true because again, the capsaicin is fucking in your cell membranes. It's probably never going to see the fat nanoparticles. Right. One possibility is that if you eat like a shitload of something spicy, maybe you have just like a ton of capsaicin just like coating your mouth. Mm. Maybe drinking something will wash away some of that stuff. But any of the ones that are bound to your receptor are like fucking deep in there, dude. Right. And nothing's getting that out really. You just shouldn't have eaten that whole habanero that way. Yeah, well, yeah, or, or just now. like, hey, man, you just eat the habanero, it. deal with the burn. You right. know what I mean? Like you got right. it. There is, though, one other mechanism that's kind of interesting. And that came from the studies that used sugar water. Because why would sugar water work about as well as cold milk does? Right. That doesn't really make any sense. The milk one, you know, they had all these ideas for. Sugar water doesn't seem obvious. Mm -hmm. And so what they think is that it might be linked to something called taste mixture suppression. Okay. What that means is that if you add several different things that set off your taste buds like sweetness and sourness or sweetness and bitterness or some combination of all of those, they mix together. The signals get integrated in your brain somehow, right? And sometimes it's in kind of complicated ways. They're not just additive. Like if you eat something that's sweet and something that's sour, what gets sent to your brain is not just sweet plus sour. Right. A lot of times there's parts that get subtracted out. Sweetness usually dominates. Mm Mm-hmm. So usually it will subtract some of the signal from sour, from bitter, and from spicy. Oh, okay, wow. In that your brain likes sweetness so much that it will amplify the sweetness signal over danger signals. Mm. It'll be like, I know that this is kind of hurting for some reason, but we like sugar so much, you should keep eating this. This is why everyone pretends to like Velvet Underground, but at the end of the day, you just rather listen to Obladi Oblada. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck just happened? <laughs> what do you mean? That's, a, that's just a very interesting set yeah. of references. Also, if you're on fire and you know you have to stay on fire but it hurts, yeah. eat some chocolate. Like a really sweet chocolate. You might as well be eating chocolate if yeah. you're in pain. Yeah. Right? It's just like you might as well add that in there. Right. So that is potentially what's going on with sugar water. Right. Okay. So lukewarm sugar water actually worked about as well as cold whole milk okay interesting yeah so you know that might just be a little evolutionary thing our brains are so hardwired to want sugar they're willing to let us eat dangerous things to get it yeah so what's setting off these receptors sean do we want to take a break first or Mm, so let's take a break and after break send off these receptors yeah a lot of things besides capsaicin also set off these receptors and so once we come back let's talk about some of them things Politics news. Stacey, have you heard the news? No, what? So President Sadir Javar... Oh. Japarov. 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 Sadir Japarov. Sadir Japarov. President Sadir Japarov. President Sadir Japarov. 
A bit of a tongue twister, right? <laughs> yeah. President Sidhu Jabbarov. I mean, you gotta edit this out anyway. <laughs> is this <laughs> part of it? No, no, no like, it's I'm not. Confused. It's not. President Sadir Jabbarov. You know, the funniest thing is I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. <laughs> President Sadir Jabbarov. Okay. <clears throat> president Sadir Jabbarov of... What is he president of? Is it Kyrgyzstan? Uh, I don't know. So it's either got to be Kyrgyzstan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, Kazakhstan, Afghanistan... Or, uh, Tajik- did I already say Tajikistan? Maybe. Shit. So, this guy. Yes. So, he's president of a country in Central Asia, right? Yes. Okay, well, they just did a constitution that gives him, like, really big powers. Like, he can get rid of parliament or anything. Wow. Do all sorts of stuff like that. Really? Yeah. And some people in the country are calling it a, a con- no, no, a constitution? A const- a constitution. Like, con- because in you know, Central Asia, they had cons uh, and stuff. Yeah. Um, it would help if I remembered the country, though. Yeah, it um, would. It but, would. so, to recap. So is he becoming king? I don't think so. What, he's well, president? he's a president. Yeah, but, like, also a con. So so to recap. Yes. Somewhere in Central Asia, yes. there is a guy named Sidir mm-hmm. who has assumed much larger powers through a referendum. Well, good for him, I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll check the economist later. Let me check it out. Right. Here, well, let me let me check it out. Let me check it out. Shit, I don't have an internet connection. Yeah, we have Wi-Fi. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I should just be connected to the Wi-Fi, shouldn't I? Oh, I'm on airplane mode. <laughs> well, anyway, this has been politics news. <laughs> So in this section, we're going to talk a lot about a lot of famous stuff, right? We're going to talk about black peppers, talk about less famous cousin long peppers, mm-hmm. you know, talk about Szechuan peppercorn. Yep. But I see first in the notes, we're going to talk about a slightly more esoteric plant jizz that, yes. that sets off your spicy receptors. Yes. Yes, it does. What uh, is it? So it's something called resinifera toxin. Mm. Okay. That sounds like um, like a Dr. Seuss word or like, uh, like Raw Dahl, like resin. Yeah, well, I think it's a combination of the word resin, right, right, and toxin, and then for some reason they added a ifera in between, so resinifera toxin, it's this plant toxin, right, okay, and it also activates the TRPV1 channel, though it is both slower than capsaicin, so it doesn't happen quite as fast. And sucks more. Yes, it's ultimately more intense in the pain signal that it sets off. So this is more on the actual poison side. So spicy. <laughs> it's got toxin in the name. Right. Now, uh, the reason, one of the reasons why I added that in is because there's actually some current medicinal interest in uh, resinifera toxin. Okay? Oh, okay. So, so there, there's some current interest in it. It's still plant-based, and it's not capsaicin, but it's like mainly from the milky juice of this like shrub called Euphorbia resinifera. Okay. It's kind of shrubby plant in Morocco. It looks kind of like a cactus. But the cactus stuff is all New World things, so it's not actually a cactus. Right, right? okay. Convergent evolution. Yeah. Whoa. Of desert shit, right? Mm. So, like, similar to how Native Mesoamericans and South Americans recognized the medicinal uses of capsaicin, people thousands of years ago recognized that resinifera toxin has potential uses for several ailments. Here we go, guys. History with Sean. Yeah, so, one of our earliest written records about using this resinifera toxin, which they described as the latex from Euphorbia resinifera, 
was by the king of Mauritania. Oh. And he was king from 50 BCE to 23 AD, King Juba II. Mm. And then you know anything about King Juba II? He actually did the first Jubilee. No. <laughs> uh, no, I don't, Sean. Tell me about Jubilee the Second. Oh, Juba the Second. <laughs> King Juba the Second was a man of letters, so yeah. he actually did a lot of sciencey kind of shit. He wrote right. some books and everything, including where we heard about Resnifer right. talks. As a client king of Rome, you don't have to really be a man of war so much. <laughs> so he might as well do some other. He fought some wars. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah, but in any case, he was the son of King Juba the First, yeah. who was the king of Numidia, yeah. and that dude fought a war with Julius Caesar. Okay. okay, and people famously win wars against Julius Caesar. <laughs> yeah, so this, so guy, was this guy lost. He lost pretty hard. Yeah. And after a particular battle, Juba the First committed suicide. Yeah. Julius Caesar had this uh, thing that he liked to do where when, when he <laughs> beat somebody, yeah. he liked to grab those people and then parade them around Rome. Right. right? To be like, look at how bad I am. And like North Africa and Gaul yeah. were kind of two part of Julius Caesar's recent fuck yous. So he threw Vercingetorix and Juba... Well, the Juba the first is dead. Yeah. So he had to take Juba the second, who was six, throw him in a cart with Vercingetorix. Right. So they're just like getting ridden around in a cart through Rome, you know, in a parade and everything yeah. like that. Like, holy shit, look, Julius Caesar beat up this like crazy Gallic warrior and the six-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> and fucking nailed it. they're like, so do we kill both of them? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, let's not kill Juba the second. Right. So... Juba II was then educated by Julius Caesar's household yeah. and actually raised as basically a Roman citizen. Yeah, this is the thing that shows like Game of Thrones get wrong is like just because everyone's dirty back then doesn't mean they like, always kill children. Right. Yeah. Sometimes the kids survive for a little bit. Yeah. And so this kid was actually raised by both Julius Caesar and then eventually Octavian. Yeah, something happened to Julius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he went away for a yeah, while. He exited the picture after a little yeah, bit. Yeah. But anyway, he was also raised by Octavian and then eventually was married to Celine, who was the daughter mm. of Mark Antony and Cleopatra. Right. A uh, famous Canadian Swiss singer. Oh. Yeah. Wait. Celine, Celine Dion. Dion? <laughs> Holy shit. Deep cut. She was the daughter of Cleopatra? Yeah, yeah. She was frozen in ice like Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so he, he married into a pretty crazy family too, right? Yeah. And then he was elevated to be king of Mauritania yeah. by Octavian once Octavian became Augustus. You know, I was telling Sean that I was surprised to see his name in the notes because I had just happenstantially been reading about him in the context of the Canary Islands. As he's, uh, I don't know if famous is the right word. <laughs> But but he sent an expedition out into the Atlantic, and they found the Canaries, and some fun time stuff over there. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, anyway, that's enough of that. But that's fun. That's so, fun. We have a listener in the Canary Islands. Uh, right. Hey, dude. You made it into this episode somehow. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> to, to talking about uh, spicy foods and toxins and shit, but he seems like a spicy guy. Yes, yeah. that is accurate. So you know, I guess all is to say, you never know where one of our episodes is going to go. Yeah. I didn't think that fucking. Uh, and it's your fault. Ancient Rome. Yeah, this one's mine. Yeah. This one's mine. It, it would be fun if we could do more episodes where I could be stupider. That's that's what I've been thinking. That's about. true. You're so smart. <laughs> it's just it takes so much energy to like know things. I know. When I could just not. I know. Be better. You're so jealous of my retrograde condition. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what did this Juba two guy do? Uh, what treaties did he write appertaining to the nature of spice? <laughs> yeah, right. So the resiniferous toxin that I was talking about earlier, right, right? Right. It comes from the shrub that's like fucking in North Africa, right? Right. So right. he wrote this treatise as a man of letters about the latex from that plant. Nice. And needed a lot of latex. Cleopatra's daughter, am I right? <laughs> I think. Oh, spicy shrub. 
That would really suck to have on your dick. <laughs> it's got toxin in the name. They loved that stuff back then. He's like, ah! <laughs> uh, <laughs> In any case, so, so he wrote about like medical applications for it, right? Okay, and cool. actually, it did get used for those medical applications both like in ancient times and medieval times. Nice. So what did the people actually use resinifera toxin for in like both Roman times and medieval times well, and everything like this that. Well, the stuff numbs your receptors, right? So they probably got to numb some shit, right? Yeah, that's actually the use that we can use it for today as well. Mm. Like, they would use it for toothaches and everything and right. cavities because you could actually just rub some of this toxin on there and it kind of kills the nerve right. a little bit. So Ancient like, dentistry had not too many other solutions for cavities, huh? I mean... This was like kind of one of the better ideas. Right. right. Besides this, they did the all kinds of terrible. The other one was like, kill shit. the patient. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, oh no, we gotta kill him. We can rub some renizabur heavenar toxins on them. Exactly. Yeah. Um, another thing that it was kind of used for, sort of in a mean way, is they would mix the latex with vinegar and then use it kind of like smelling salts. Yeah. Like if somebody was knocked unconscious, they'd kind of like rub it on their nose, and the person would oh. be like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> so uh, that was interesting. Nowadays, we're using resinifera toxin and compounds synthetic ones that we've made based off of that structure yeah we're using that we're testing it out for blocking neuropathic pain cool you kind of had to run into what i think would be something sort of like neuropathic pain mm -hmm. when the dude yanked that fucking metal pole out of your arm right or whatever yeah because that's hitting some nerves like deep in there right and so sometimes people have this like kind of deep nerve pain right that's just being set off inappropriately and the thought is you can kind of pop some of this toxin in there and it might kind of overwhelm that nerve and then basically keep it from firing again so it might be an injection for people who are suffering from that kind of pain cool yeah so that's what i got for resinifera toxin all right should we take a break and then we'll talk about the molecules that cause spiciness that are a little more famous used in culinary yeah places let's do it the following is an actual advertisement Hey everybody, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything, Everything I, I Learned from, from Movies. And tonight, tonight, like every night, we bring you <laughs> questionable movies and pass the lessons that we've learned on to you, as well as we go over some great beer and funny third thing. Yes, we're excellent beer reviewers, and as BJCP certified beer judges, we sort of know what we're talking about in regards to that. The movies? <laughs> so if you want to hear us talk about uh, odd movies and uh, is he talking about BJing, Woo! Uh, listen to us at eilfm.podbean.com. That's everything I learned from movies.podbean.com. Hey, honey, are you ready to pop that top? <sniffs> Woo! My top! So guys, I want you to close your eyes. Okay. Caw, caw, caw. It's 1500. You've just ridden your horse. Over the Hindu Kush mountains. Ooh. You're now in northern India. Oh. It's a beautiful land ripe for conquest. You've killed the local people. Oh, no. Now you have your village. It's not, oh, no. It's, it's good. It's good. It's good back then, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Violence is a human condition. <laughs> it's kind of mean. But anyway, so you're writing this book about healing. Mm. <laughs> you know, like all your buddies have these wounds from war. Yeah. Okay. And you got to use some local ingredients to try to lessen their pain. Yes. How are you going to do that? Right. So in the Ayurveda, which is uh, Indian folk medicine kind of accumulated over a long, long time, right. mentions the use of something called pipali, which we know as long pepper. Okay. And I say we know kind of loosely because yeah. I don't think anyone actually has heard of long pepper. Right. <laughs> I hadn't heard of long pepper 
it looks kind of like uh well, what is it? what what are those things called that they're not corn they look like little tiny corns you know what i mean oh yeah i know what you're talking about though like the little yellow tiny corn fuckers yeah it's like that but black dead yeah, yeah yeah exactly and you know in that sense it's kind of reminiscent of black pepper right, right. so these things long pepper very, very similar. It's actually the same genus as black pepper. Okay. And in the ancient world, especially in like Greece and Rome, they actually thought of the two as growing on the same plant. Okay. Which was wrong, yeah. but that's what they thought. <laughs> right. And were used kind of interchangeably in cuisine. Very, very tasty stuff. And mm. also in some folk medicine. Okay. So both long pepper and black pepper produce that kind of little bit of spiciness. Right. Right. I think for people now who eat a lot of things with like jalapenos and shit. Right, they seem very different to us. Right, and they seem like weak as fuck, you know what I mean? Like it's hard for me to think of black pepper as spicy. Right. Except one time I made a steak that was like crusted right. with cracked peppercorns. That was spicy. That was fucking fucking spicy. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, black pepper can actually do something. In any case, overall, the whole reason why we call like chili peppers peppers is right. because of pepali, because right. of these... A classic uh, Spanish whoopsie-daisy. They went to the New World, found things that had a, an inaugural experience. Right. And then just called them all pepper. Yes. Right. Yes. So black pepper and long pepper, they don't have any capsaicin in them. So it's not spiciness caused by capsaicin. What is it called? It's called pep pepperine. That makes sense. Pepperine. Yeah. And so... The thing about pepperine is that it binds to the same channels as capsaicin. Okay. Right? Uh, just not as strongly. Mm. As a little digression, out of peppercorns, you know how there's like different colored peppercorns now? Yeah, sure. You can get like a mix. It's of like, like reds, black, whatever. Right. And white. Yeah. And you can take the white ones and make white pepper. Right. And that's the same plant and everything. Okay? Uh. But there's also pink peppercorns. Ah, okay. okay. I don't know if you've ever seen them out there. No. Pink peppercorns are not the same species. Oh. They're not even the same genus. Oh. They're not from the same continent. They're not even a plant. <laughs> they're, yeah. the, they're the emaciated balls of a Tasmanian. <laughs> no. The, these ones, we'll get to Tasmania soon. These ones are from South America. Cool. Okay. Uh, and they're from a plant that's called Skinus mole or Skinus terabith. Thiefolus. Skinus sounds Terabithin like the nickname Vols. of your worst friend in my middle school. <laughs> It's like you and Skeenus going and breaking out of prison, wow. going to 7-Eleven. I had a strange middle school <laughs> Stealing experience. Mountain Dew. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Uh, I knew somebody whose last name was Schneider. Is that what you were thinking about? No, I was making it up. It was, oh, okay. Skeenus, yeah. the Skeenus, naughty one. yeah. So we're not actually sure what chemical in pink peppercorns are setting off the channel receptors. Mm. But the main point is pink peppercorn is not the same plant. As the other peppercorns. Cool. It, it's its own different separate thing. Mm. Kind of odd. So there are a lot of other chemicals in other things that can set off the channels, which is why other things can be described as spicy. Right. Okay. So if we like think about like what are some spicy foods maybe. Mm -hmm. Ginger sometimes right. can give a little bit of that tingle. Yeah. Right? A lot of garlic actually kind of surprisingly has that triggering. Especially raw garlic. Right. Right. And that's because one of the chemicals that actually does set off the channel is destroyed by cooking garlic. Oh. So, you know, the sautéed garlic or roasted garlic often loses that pungency, that kind of bite to it, right. right? And builds all these other flavors. Right. And so, yeah, that's because that chemical is being destroyed during the heating process. Wasabi, radish. Yeah, mustard, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, cinnamon, all of these have compounds in them that set off the channels. What's the uh, chemical in ginger, Sean? Gingerol. <laughs> and also shogao. <laughs> 
uh, are the two in ginger. Allyl isothiocyanate is the one that's in like mustard and wasabi. Allicin, allicin, allicin. Oh, well, whatever. That's the one in garlic. And uh, in cinnamon, there's cinnamaldehyde. Okay. Yeah, so all of these can hit those receptors. A lot of times they're not hitting the TRPV1. Mm-hmm. They're hitting the TRPA1. Okay. Which capsaicin hits both, but the V is the one that's thought to like be really strong in the spiciness. Right. So maybe that's why some of these are both less spicy and maybe have kind of this other character to them than just capsaicin spicy. Okay. Right? We're doing a tour of the world right now. Just some more esoteric like peppercorns and shit like that that also trip up your ding-dong. Yeah, yeah. There's things like the Dorigo pepper. Okay. And the Tasmanian pepperberry. And the Horopito. So what's the kind of, what do you got on a Tasmanian pepperberry? Got more ginger oil. What do you got on <laughs> Yeah, so they have these compounds called polygodiol and warburganol. Warburganol. Oh, uh, there you go. And those set off the TRPA1 chain. Okay. I feel like Walburganol sounds like a special kookaburra. <laughs> well, what's it? Uh, and there's Walburganol back on my tray with my diggery day. <laughs> what I was reading about these guys is like, you can like just find them out in the hills in Australia and shit like that. You Classic know? Australia. So you're just like walking around like chewing on a leaf yeah. and it's like, oh, it's kind of spicy. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the, there's all of the shit right. out there. Um, so far we've only talked about plants. Right. And they don't all have to be plants, right? right. So for example, uh, toxin. From the Black Rock Scorpion. Oh, yeah. Also from Australia. There's another one. That activates the TRPA1, and that causes burning pain. And the toxin itself is actually named Wasabi Receptor Toxin. Mm. That was actually a really dangerous phase in the 60s. It was called rocking. It's where you get out to the outback. You put out your foot and you get stung on purpose by a black rock scorpion. Kids would die of dehydration, getting lost, high chipped up on capsis to morning. I thought you were going to say it's like, as soon as sushi like hit Australia, there's all these people like sucking on scorpion tails and like taking a bite of nigiri. Okay, let's finish out the episode. <laughs> Let's finish out the episode talking about a kind of spicy Bernie yeah. that's actually like fundamentally different from Capsaicin. Right. Okay. And that's from Sichuan pepper. Okay. So I don't know uh, how many people have tried Chinese food that has Sichuan pepper in it. Yeah. Okay. But if it's, you haven't. It's fucked up. I say give it a shot. Just yeah. be aware that your mouth is going to do weird things for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like we actually, so we went to a, a reptile fair. Me, Sean, and Stacy was a patrioting. Right, and so we went to this fair, and on the way back, we went by a place in Southern California called the San Gabriel Valley, which is famous for having a large Chinese population. So there's a lot of great Chinese food there. All the McDonald's ads are in Mandarin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we go to this place, uh, Chongqing Noodle House, right? Yep. And, you know, you guys know I love Panda. I love Panda Express. Yeah. Right? So I'm used to my Szechuan beef, right? Well, hold on. You're used to your orange chicken. Let's be very clear about That's what true. kind of Panda but you But I've had Szechuan. <laughs> One time, someone accidentally put some Szechuan beef in my orange chicken. So I've had it before. Easy yeah. peasy. Yeah. We get all the reddest stuff on the menu. And Sean, he like... Loves this stuff, so he just ate right through it. Me and Stacy, we didn't know really what yeah. Cheshwan peppercorn was like, and our mouths were just overtaken with this numb sensation. And like Sean says, it tingles, but that's a bit of an understatement. Um, it, 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 you know, it was like the whole thing, I could barely feel my mouth, and then whenever I drank water, it tasted kind of like a salty 
a kind of watermelony kind of thing. I was worried we weren't going to taste ever again. It was so <laughs> viscerally uncomfortable. Yeah, so it, it's not only a very strange sensation, but like you were saying, it can take something that is supposed to be like not flavored, like water, right? And like actually change how your brain is perceiving water, right? Because it's fucking with your tongue so much. And I've had spicy up the way to a couple million Scoville units, right? I've had my habaneros, I've had my serranos, I've had I've had a little Carolina Reaper, like I've had really spicy stuff, ghost peppers, whatever. This fucked me up in part because we use the word spicy, but holy shit, something different is going on. Yes. So early tests showed that there were a family of molecules in Sichuan peppers collectively called sanchuls, uh, which is kind of a weird name. It's apparently named after the Japanese term for these kinds of peppercorns. Uh, in Korean, they're apparently called sancho. Mm. Or Choppi. Which was also Sean's Spanish name. Yes. Sancho. Sancho. his name in high school. Ay, Dios mio. <laughs> um, these Sanchul molecules appeared to bind TRPV1. So at first it was like, oh, okay, well, that's the story then. They right. bind the same thing as capsaicin. But we know it can't be the story. Right. Sean's peppercorn fucks you up in a really yeah, weird way. It's not the fucking same. So it does not explain the tingling and the numbing and all that. So scientists kept looking at a bunch of neurons and receptors, and they tested several chemicals at the same time, comparing sanchuals to capsaicin, mustard oil, and menthol. Okay. Okay. Which set off TRPV1, TRPA1, and a channel that we haven't talked about, TRPM8. Okay. And we didn't talk about it because capsaicin's got nothing to do with it, but it's a cooling channel, mm -hmm. which is why menthol is kind of a cooling sensation in your mouth. So... They tested it out on those, and they found that, sure, Sanchul does set off the V1 channel like capsaicin, does not set off the A1 like mustard oil, does not set off the cooling one like M8, because mm. a, a certain kind of numbing, menthol can be numbing yeah. a little bit I know. from cooling, but I this know is not okay. This is not a cooling kind. Hey, why have you vetoed all my ads for menthol cigarettes, by the way? <laughs> What's going on there? We're not a medical podcast. <laughs> this doesn't have to be good for your health. I want to I wanna talk about that cool, cool flavor of menthol cigarettes. <laughs> sweet, sweet numb. <laughs> you working a hard day, buddy? <laughs> Get that numb <laughs> with menthol. I'm paid off by the anti-cigarette. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Conspiracy. Yeah, the corporations. Oh, my um, God, dude. Anyway, so... Okay, yeah. So what they found, though, is that Sanchul also set off some neurons that none of the other compounds did, including cool. capsaicin. Cool. There were some other neurons getting set off. And what those neurons seem like they are are what are called mechanoreceptor neurons. Okay. They're for detecting touch, like physical touch. Oh. So. Huh. <laughs> That's weird. What might be happening here is the Sanchuls are hitting receptors called the KCNK family that normally let potassium out of neurons. And by inhibiting those channels and making the neurons build up these potassium levels might make the neurons extra sensitive to touch. So sensitive that basically any kind of touch is just setting them off inappropriately, uh. making them super tingly feeling because they think they're always getting touched by something. Jesus. So you just have these overloaded touch neurons on your tongue and mouth just going fucking nuts because, like, your spit is setting it off. And Damn. just moving your tongue a little bit is setting it off. Damn. And just doing nothing is setting it off. So Szechuan is, like, harassing my neurons. Yes, and making them think that they're getting jittered around and everything like that. Ugh. There's even something I think I saw where there's, like, a frequency of vibration that happens wow. from having Szechuan peppercorns. Because it's, like, setting off these receptors 
in your tongue that like make it think it's getting touched. And so there's like almost like a jitter, a frequency jitter. That sounds awful. No, it's fine. I like it. <laughs> um, so because they're getting overly sensitive and they're getting set off, that's a whole separate kind of feeling. So you might be getting some spiciness mm. from the sensuals through TRPV1, but you're getting a whole different kind of thing, right? Mm. And Chinese cuisine is fun because they take those compounds and then they mix them with chili peppers. Right. Right. So these, <laughs> when you eat that food, you're not just getting Szechuan peppercorn. You're also yeah. getting spiciness on top of that. Right. So it's this whole thing. And yeah, I agree. It can be a little overwhelming. Yeah. But I like it. It's fun. Yeah. Everyone should do it. Jeez. Okay. Everyone. Okay, wow. So there's like really a pretty wide diversity of crazy spices that are out there. I really fuck you up. Yeah. So in this case, we are focusing mainly on things that hit this channel for spiciness, right? right? There's an entire world of spices, right? Like turmeric and shit like right. that. Who knows what's going on with those? That's a whole other story. Yeah. We can deal with that kind of shit some other time. Yeah. But yeah, I think that broadly over the course of these two episodes, mainly focused on capsaicin. There's a bunch of other ones that hit the same receptor less strongly. Yeah. And then we got this wild one yeah. coming out from the side, Szechuan peppercorn doing its own freaky thing. You know, sometimes I, I feel like we should end our episodes kind of like documentaries where they have like an inspirational end. Okay. Like it'd be like, spicy. We are champions. We can eat anything. What the fuck documentary <laughs> is this? I don't know. What are you talking about? You know, like Cherries to Fire. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, everybody? You can eat everything. Unless you're a pansy. In which case, yeah, you probably yeah. can't because jalapenos are spicy. Too. Don't listen to him. We're not a medical podcast. <laughs> if there's something you can't eat, don't listen to Sean. Don't eat it. <laughs> anyway. Wow. So now that I've saved you from Sean. Well, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Um... I like spicy food. I don't know how we're supposed to end this episode. Eat on, baby. <laughs> you keep you keep eating that sexy, hard shit. Uh, hot what? shit. You keep eating that hot shit, baby. All right. Thank you to Stacy Song, <laughs> our sound lord and engineer. Thank you, Brian, for art. You can hit us up on Twitter, at Dish Podcast, or on Gmail, PetriDishPod at gmail.com. And we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash PetriDish. Stay spicy, science. Huh? That was pretty good. Yeah. All right. See you all next time. Just